0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatter, a podcast from The Gist, with me, Josh Hamilton. Our guest on today's show is world-famous motorcyclist Shaq Lucasen, an author of the book Life on Two Wheels. Shaq has been around the world twice, first on a Fireblade and then on an R1 bike, and we had a fantastic chat about some of the experiences he had going around the world, and some of the things he learned about people and about himself. Before we get started, don't forget my book, Brexit the establishment civil war is available to pre-order now on Amazon the link is in the description below and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you don't want to miss any of our upcoming episodes so without further ado here is Shaq Lucason but I am ready to go so um yeah, Chuck. thank you for taking the time to, to do this. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to have you to, to chat to for a little bit.
1: You're welcome.
0: So we'll just get started. What is your earliest memory of, of a motorbike or any kind of bike? Um, the
1: earliest memory is probably uh, a cousin from me. He had a, a moped. And uh, my brother was very interested in it. And uh, and I was only very young kid. And that was my earliest memory. Uh, It's my earliest memory. But when I was 11 years old, I was asked to do some help by a neighbor. And uh, he uh, had a a scooter, 125cc Vespa. Was in the shed for maybe five years that he didn't ride it anymore because it broke down. And after that, I did quite some work for him during a few weeks. And it was the moment for the payment, and I could have money or I could have a scooter. So it became the scooter. Got the thing, well, got the thing running, and uh, and that's how it all started. I couldn't reach the ground with my legs; I was too short. So when I started it, I started it against the shed, and then pushed myself with my elbow away from the shed, put it in gear because it had uh, hand gear, and then rolled away. And when I fell down, my father had to come and <laughs> pick it up because I couldn't. I, was, I, was too, uh, I wasn't I tall wasn't when I was young. So that's um, that's how it started. The early, the earliest memory, and and the earliest memory of uh, how it all started.
0: How long did you keep the Vespa for?
1: Couple of years. two years or three years, it broke down. I couldn't repair it. And by that time we had already a scouter and uh, an uncle of me he had a, a Volkswagen car that he didn't need anymore. So we got the car and uh, I was raised on a farm and we had, uh, we had our own racetrack <laughs> on the back through the forest and over the land. So uh, other vehicles came and uh, took, uh, took over and then some later on. Uh, of course when I was sixteen I had a moped, and a little bit older than that, uh a motocross bike. I didn't like to go to school and was good but frustration from school. So um, so that that's yeah, it was a little bit from everything. And uh the, the the moped that I liked, uh, that I had to go to school, I kept riding the thing because I liked to ride on two wheels. I didn't want to buy a bike or to get a, uh, a bike license because I knew it would uh, I would kill myself. So I thought that's not a good idea to buy, to get my license. So I kept it with motocross, uh, but, but only at home then motocross. And with the moped. But later on I saw, it need to get a license and now i'm a bit older and probably a little bit more wise and so i got my license and i got a bike my thinking was not well, uh, not right i was not that much wiser <laughs> i was uh, riding quite uh to the limit data <laughs> and that's uh well, that's that's how i rolled and do motorcycle riding on, on the road
0: now, reading your book, there was at least a couple of occasions on which I was reading and you referred to your baby or your your darling, and I was like, "Hang on, has he has he got a girlfriend here or or, or the you, oh, Hang on, I thought he left his his woman back in the last country in the last chapter, and then it just clicked, and I oh." Okay, he's talking about the R1.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, what what is it about the R1? Like, okay, for someone who isn't a, a bike enthusiast, like, what is it about the R1 that's so special to you and makes it so fantastic as a bike? Um,
1: Well, I like sport bikes. I like four, uh, four, uh, four in-line engines. I like the sound of them. And... Uh being on the road for such a long time with that particular motorcycle in this case d r one it could have been another boy in mine and that that brings you that close and that's that's how you start thinking uh so that is the reason that uh, that this happens so it's, it's, it's not the brand. It's the, I, I must say different. First, you must have the right bike for your heart. And a sports bike or a four-in-line bike and uh, is the right bike. But it could have been a different one. But the R1 became now totally my bike because we did all these things together with Florentina. Is that an answer?
0: Yeah, that that's that's it's the right bike for you. Like that's that's as good an answer as you as you can give. You know, I, that's that's better than than probably giving a, a technical examination of its like characteristics and like how the tires play and the steering No, no, no that,
1: that, <laughs> it's it's not the right bike for the terrain that I'm riding. It it's the right bike for me, and that's why I find more important. and uh, as said before, if you heart is in it, you uh, succeed in almost anything. And uh, it, but it is not the best bike for the terrain, I agree, but it's the best bike for me. Hmm.
0: So, for, for people that don't know, um, you've gone around the world twice on an R1, uh, no, once
1: on the, on the, on the once on the Honda Fireblade,
0: once on a Honda Fireblade. I do apologize,
1: it's also four in my name.
0: What was the Honda Fireblade called?
1: It had they never got a name. Oh, really? Uh, did, but, is but, the, did... but the name Florentina, Uh, I can uh, uh, refer back to... I'm not, I'm not sure if my English is correct in this way, but it is, I can refer back to the trip with the Fireblade. When I uh, traveled on... Uh, uh, in Asia, I was able, uh, capable to get my bike into Indonesia, and at that time that wasn't allowed. Because with some, some great help from high, high, uh, high people, and I went into Sumatra, and from Sumatra I went to Java, Bali, Lombok, Flores, Timor, and Timor flew to Australia, and when I went across Flores, I was. Uh, or I just loved the, the abundance of flowers on that island. And that's also how they got the name uh, the name, why it was given the name Flores by the Portuguese when they discovered. So uh Flores. Um uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I kept that, I kept that, and uh, sometimes when I didn't want to say my name I called myself Flores. Oh and uh when I was searching for a name for this bike because I never had a name for the fireblade, I uh, at a at a certain time I thought Florentina, and that's it. That's uh, how the name came.
0: When when was your first big trip? So you've been around the world twice. Um, you're planning an an Arctic trip, which we'll get to. But when when was the first like big long-distance bike trip that you decided to take and what inspired you to do it
1: well the it, i um uh, i did some uh some riding in europe uh nothing more than uh, uh two weeks or something nothing special uh at least not now for me for some people it, it might be uh, the trip of the lifetime but uh, things become more normal when when you do them more so um, yeah, I've seen quite a bit already in Europe, and I saw a a, a documentary on television about the cyclone Tracy in Darwin, in Australia, and that made me go want to go and see that big country and ride right there on my own wheel. So in ninety two the firebait came out and uh, I bought one of the first ones. And in the end of that year I had already shipped it to Sydney because I wanted to see Australia. I didn't speak English at the time. I was never been in a plane. I've never done something like that but i had just shipped my bike to sydney and when i got a phone call that uh, we have a motorcycle here Uh, what to do with it i said well please leave it there and as good as english as i I could but i told them to wait i will i will get over there and i went to the the shop where they sell plane tickets and three days later, I was in the plane to Sydney, and that's how it started. I stayed away for four. I stayed four and a half months in Australia, thirty-eight thousand kilometers, and uh, then I went with a backpack to Indonesia. And I always wanted to see also Indonesia, and the backpacking I didn't like then. Uh, Indonesia I loved, but the backpacking, that that was not my thing. I missed my wheels. Hmm. Independence, that independence. So that was also the moment that I decided for myself to do a a a once-in-a-lifetime world trip. I I was not comfortable with it, uh, confidence that uh, that I could do it and that I wanted to do it. And I uh, put some countries... Um, in my, in my list, and I draw a line in between them, and that's how the first uh, world trip started. So well, actually I call it uh, to the other end of the world and back, because I never got physically around the world. That was not my aim. It was just, uh, yeah, I want to be on the road and see a couple of countries, in particular Russia, or former enemy, Japan, where the bike was built, born. Um, Indonesia again, but now with my bike. Australia again to visit France. New Zealand because of the beautiful nature. And next country was uh, Nepal, roof of the world. Uh, Israel, because I wanted to see how they live uh, with the constant threat of. Uh, the neighbors who are different way of thinking and the last country on the list was um, uh, egypt because of the old culture and uh, when i uh, i started that trip in 95 so a few years after i got back and when i got into egypt uh, i still had some money and i didn't want to go back home I was two and a half years on the road and then. then I met somebody from the Netherlands who was on a motorcycle on his way to South Africa and I thought, hey, that's great, let me do that too. So I continued to South Africa from Egypt and from there I flew back to Italy but then my money was getting low.
0: And I guess that's, that's kind of like, that's... It's kind of an odd statement for to to make to for most people to hear anyway when you say okay I was on the road for two and a half years and then no that's still not enough I'm 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 not ready to go home like what what have you have you been able to figure out what it is that that keeps driving you to just keep going as as far as the roads will take you do do you know what it is that gives you that like desire to keep moving forwards
1: I just want to be on the road I want to see I don't want to be in the next corner I want to be on my way to the next corner and so you keep seeing new things you keep seeing the world it's It's not the same like a road that you ride every day i right? if I ride around here in my village, I don't have that feeling I don't have that or, or in in my country I don't have that that doesn't bring me the same as being I'm, i want to um, what is it this, this discover i want yeah. To, yeah you want to discover so you want to be. On the on the way to the next corner, because then you're gonna see what in the next corner is. But when you are in the next corner, you see it already. Then you want to go on the, on to the next corner. So in a way, you want to be always on your way to the next corner.
0: That's a fantastic way to sum up, like a an approach to life, always on your way to the next corner.
1: Hmm.
0: What do you think that? Traveling helps people to to discover about about themselves
1: can I add something to that
0: yeah of course uh, go, go for it
1: before i forget it um, the, the the when i what I just explained to you you want to be on the way to the next corner but uh, when you are in the next corner, you already see what's there and then we we'll want to be on the way to the next corner. So that's also why I'm not in a hurry to travel. I take my time because I don't really have to be in the next corner. I just have to be on my way to the next
0: There's, It's definitely a recurring theme of your book, and the um, the subtitle, I guess you would call it, Time is My Friend. Yeah. I, I I really enjoyed the way that you were able to overcome a lot of people's demands, Often, just because you were in absolutely no hurry. Yes. Yeah.
1: Demands uh, is a is a, is a nice way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. One of one of the one of the the maybe maybe you can you can like add something something else to this, but one one of the. The two things that endure with me from reading your book were, like the, were the, the true kindness and of people around the world just to to help you out when when whenever you needed some help, you were almost always able to find like a yeah. a helpful soul. And on the complete flip side of that, the the absolute corruption of almost every border agent on the planet. <laughs> well, <trying to> get...
1: <laughs> I described a few of them. I, I, I have a more, uh, but then similar issues. But uh, there was also a lot of crossings that it was fine. So, and I never see a problem in there. I see a story in there.
0: So, hmm. well, that's true. Have, but is the... Having time makes
1: these borders uh, more easy for you and having time makes also that you are not uh having the time for yourself that you're not getting angry and that makes it possible if you're getting angry uh uh, sometimes you have to play angry but you don't have to be angry and i think yeah how do i say that if you play angry you sometimes get things earlier done but because you are not angry People are not really afraid of you and feel that you are a good person so you must you must sometimes you can make a mix, a mix out of that i'm not sure if i uh, if you get that
0: no i un- I understand what you mean there's actually something um, i've been reading about recently about um of people who spend their life attempting to travel the world doing their work that way be that like authors or writers or lots of other kind of people and they all talk of the concept of time wealth where if you're time rich that tends to give you a lot more possibilities than if you're just rich in a sense of you've got lots of money but say only a week
1: yeah yeah, but you're, when you're time rich, I, I never heard about uh, that, but uh, I cannot, uh, of course, I understand what it is. And t- time rich makes you also a much more easy person because you don't have the pressure. And, uh, and people sense that. And, uh, and that it makes that people are more likely to help you or to do something.
0: Was there was there like was there something that you found? There was, say, a characteristic or something that that you saw in people all around the world, regardless of where you were, was like a, a trait or something. Do, do you understand what I mean?
1: No, not really. Um,
0: like something something that was the same with people, no matter where you were in the world.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, there's a couple of things that uh, the more poor the people are, the more they want to help you. And the more, um, the higher grade, the lower grade of school they have, the more easier it is to talk with them. Because my English is not perfect. Far from that, and their way of talking is neither, isn't either, and that makes them uh, because they have a lower grade of school. They are not thinking from hmm. What What does he mean? Maybe Maybe I don't have correct. Let me say nothing. No, they just say it and that's it, and then. Together with the, the 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 other way of understanding that there is uh, the the way of just understanding understand, wanted to understand each other that makes it far more easier to communicate to those people and that is that comes back everywhere all the time by non uh, English uh uh speak, spoken people hmm. and even by English spoken i hey, i'm i'm easier i can easier communicate with with let's say somebody in, in russia who uh, has has been to a university or just a farmer i'm i can easier communicate with a farmer than with a guy from a university hmm.
0: you mean communicate as as in you can understand each other better what you like the way you think or communicate better? No, in- no. The, the,
1: the, when when, when I am hungry, the farmer knows that I'm hungry. When, uh, when when I try to say, it's not the correct word, but when I do the same with somebody who has been to university but doesn't speak English, uh, he is not sure if I am hungry. So he, he does if he doesn't understand me because he's not sure. And that that, uh, that 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 fright, that being afraid of doing the wrong thing, uh, is not there by uh, by people who are lower uh, educated, and I find that back all the time.
0: Is there anything you learned about yourself on your trips around the world that you didn't expect to, or something that surprised you about yourself?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not only about me, but it started, of course, with me. But um, um, you can, uh, you can do far more than you think you can do if you have to.
0: Well, I guess the the, the Navy Seals. I think they say that you can do sixty percent more than you think you're capable of.
1: Uh, I don't know the percentage. I never thought about percentage, but I, I know you can do far more, yes. Uh, the other thing is that uh, I'm not a writer. I'm not a natural writer, and I will never become that uh, a writer. Um, and I never liked to write. Um, actually, uh, my language at school, that was always my lowest point. the the lowest points that I had. And the teacher always said that I could do totally nothing. I couldn't even write a letter. And that was true. I couldn't write a letter until I started to travel. And uh, I was, I'd be gone for six, seven weeks. And I, unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. I wrote some beautiful, what I think beautiful things and I was, uh, yeah, uh, surprised that I could do it, but also that I had the desire to do it. That was actually, uh, yeah, something that I would never expected from myself.
0: And now you're you're a published author, technically, yeah. in many, many languages,
1: or <laughs> well, not that many.
0: Well, in at least two, I know of. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: but writing the writing the book was a, a real triumph then for someone who 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 was you know didn't think they could write a letter. Shows you Before. the the, yeah. the power of doing something that you either have to be able to do or <laughs> that you need to do to stay alive.
1: I I I don't get your question, but uh, I wanted to do it because. I had so many people asking me what, what, uh, oh, what is your trip or what is your trip? So I wanted to give them the possibility to, to live that trip with me or, or the, to live the, uh, the same trip as I had lived it. And that is also the reason why the, everything is written in the, in the, in the present sense, which is, uh, different than almost every book. That you
0: see, hmm. no, it definitely feels uh, when you're reading it, that that you're uh, in a little sidecar beside you, yeah, you know, in a yeah. way, yeah, that but was which, yeah, yeah, which made the 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 kidnapping uh, what country where was it where you were? I don't know if you would call it kidnapping, but detained quite, yeah, officially it's
1: a <laughs> but uh, but. Yeah, officially it would, would be called uh kidnapping. But uh if they take your passport and you are not allowed to go anywhere that is uh but I couldn't go there anyway. That was in Congo.
0: Did was there any moments where you really thought am I am I going to die here? No. 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 You were calm. No, no never. Then the the only times that
1: you uh are in uh, a really awkward situation. Uh, you don't have the time to think that. Uh, you have you your your brain is working extremely hard to uh, to get out of that situation in the best possible way, and that can be at the accident that you see coming in front of you, where you have no. Input in anymore, but you still want to to go for the best options to have the accident, or if the in the kidnapping that was not always such so a big threat, but uh, threat, but the, the, for example the, the 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 robbery on the beach with Sonia, uh, you are so busy trying to get out of the situation that you don't uh, have to think to, I'm not I'm gonna die or whatever. Maybe some people would do that, but I I'm not uh, I I always looking I always look for answers, I always look for a solution. And because I always do that you do that then also automatically, and don't have time to think at least I didn't time to think that I would die. I won't die
0: well, well, we will, will all die
1: I eventually i will, but I mean yeah. <laughs> not, not by something like that now, and I promised my father that I would come back.
0: You've got no choice then, yes. <laughs> Was that the scariest moment for you on uh, that you've had in in a foreign country? Was on the beach during the the robbery, or were I feel like I would have been most scared when you were having problems with was it Mongolian authorities on the Chinese border? Oh yeah,
1: that was a that was a nice one too. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Was that like where was your scariest moment?
1: i i i i I had the question more often, and i wrote them, i wrote them down in my in my in my Dutch book in a nice way okay um, so of course it's not quite nice to to go now reading in my book, but I had to think about this
0: well that's okay uh
1: at uh, at that time, and I called this section. Which is not in the English book. Top five. Um, uh, what was it? Your uh, Dangerous and... Uh, the
0: scariest moments.
1: Yeah. But I, I have two words for them. Hmm. Uh, well, when I had the most fear. And what was actually the most dangerous. Because that doesn't always have to be the same. No. No. So... Very the much number, depends
0: on what you're scared of.
1: Yeah, the number five uh, fear and number three danger is a lightning uh, stroke just next to us. Yeah, me and the bike. How, uh, close. Hmm? How close was it? Um, so close that I didn't hear the thunder. It was only a... Uh, um, the sound of uh i can't i can't say what sound it is there's no thunder, it's just the, the 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 stroke yeah you hear the
0: electricity like the crack of lightning like a like a crack of electric,
1: yeah but no, but no hard sound it wasn't a hard sound, okay, and the the distance uh probably about. 20 meters, 25 meters. Uh, fear the fort and danger the fort. Uh, looking in the barrel of a gun. When the soldier uh, cocks it. Cocks the. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, the rifle.
1: Yeah, cocks the rifle. Fear 3, danger 2. Oh, the what I uh, said before in China, when that uh, that was in China when a bus uh, pulled in front of me that it was up to him to avoid the accident. Yeah. Uh, uh, fear two, danger one. That was the robbery in Venezuela. Yeah. And fear one, danger fifth. That was meeting a child soldier in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Huh. And uh
0: why did that scare you more um you well he was he was probably
1: uh waving with his full automatic gun, and uh he didn't shoot but the the knowledge about what he can do if he flips out uh gives a lot of uh a lot of fear in five years and five months. it's not that much no,
0: <laughs> no of course not.
1: Of course, it can make a top ten
0: <laughs>
1: but Mongolia isn't even in it
0: Do you have a favorite country or, or yes russia. russia russia why yeah. why is russia your favorite
1: uh the people are so uh hospitable and uh definitely on the country side that is one. And um, the other thing in Russia is you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> now, of, of course, I can say that in every country you never know what's going to happen. But in Russia, for sure, something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that makes it just...
0: Yeah. What country has the best beer apart from Holland? I'm going to not let you say your own country.
1: Oh, think it's for sure not the best beer uh what worst beer was argentina that, the wor- that's
0: the worst beer was argentina really well
1: they had pretty pretty some pretty bad beers yes <laughs> uh, Australia has really good beers uh, uh, the best beer that uh, was your question Well, Australia has good beers and is it going cold? Oh mm-hmm. well, the whole of Africa they wasn't doing bad. Africa, Africa, <laughs> in Africa, you have to be always careful because something can happen there and uh, a country can be friendly today and then they start looting or whatever starts and uh, you have to escape and or civil war starts. And you can always escape to one place, the one place that they will never
0: destroy
1: is to be effective
0: <laughs> well that is that's something to, positive to be taken about Africa they they value something that we value very highly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it, should, it can be a good basis for, for international relationships <laughs> yeah <laughs> No. What, what would you say is the, you have to repair the bike a lot in the book and, and, and often you have to repair it as, as a, just a fix to get you to the next town or the next city or the next place where you can weld something. What, what would you say is the craziest, like half fix or fudge or bodge or however you want to describe it, subscribe it to your bike that you've made in an emergency before, like without being able to fix it properly?
1: Ooh, that's one I never, I didn't expect to come.
0: There uh, we go. Not all unoriginal questions that you've had yeah.
1: <laughs> The nice thing is that, uh, since I'm back from my world travel, I did some amazing repairs by people that broke down on the road. Some that I didn't even. uh, think they would work. <laughs> or, I hope that, I mean, the idea was good and that they they worked, so. But, uh, we have to go back to my own mind. What fix. Temporary fix. Ah, yeah, well. Yeah, well, it didn't really work, but it worked enough. <laughs> that was actually on the fire blade. Okay. I had, uh, I, I flew my fire blade from from the from Timor to Darwin, and it was in the in the back of a plane, no crate, nothing, just bang on its side. When it got out of the plane, the radiator was leaking at the side, not the radiator itself, but at the side, which is the best place to leak.
0: Hmm.
1: And then I uh, I put chewing gum in there. <laughs> uh, and some tape and i don't remember what it is more than i that brought me to a place where i could weld it uh also oh yeah with the fire blade that's a nice one too because that this is one that you don't have out of my book no um I was in uh, in Indonesia in, on Sumatra, and I drove uh, behind a, a truck. And you should never ride in the middle behind the truck. <laughs> and uh, the truck went over a bridge, and the bridge had in the middle an extreme big hole where the pavement where went to the concrete. The concrete was still square. So it had an edge, and I, I rode in that hole in the pavement, and then against the edge of the of the bridge, and then I flew through the air with the bike, but landed on its wheels. The, the front tire was immediately empty, and I bumped my ball. Oh. After a few minutes, uh, I was able to see the damage. The damage was. Uh, uh, a, a front wheel that had uh, a kink in it and we and just a little bit further to keep the short story short just a little bit further up there was a a tire repair shop an indonesian tire repair shop which you have everywhere because they have everywhere flat tires and there we heated up the rim and we burned a hole in it so tubers didn't work anymore and they, they well, sent somebody out to uh, to buy an inner tube, but there was no inner tube for that rim. <laughs> so he found an inner tube on the on the on the garbage. Indonesian garbage. Because it had a cut in it from about two centimeters long. And he started to stitch it. He stitch it like they do the stitches in, uh, in in your body when you when you have a cut. <laughs> And then he put a patch on it with glue, and then he uh, put it under a homemade press. There was a piston on it, and he put uh, fuel in the piston, and that made the, the piston heat hot. And then that was a. Uh, uh, he could put pressure on the tire, and that's how he vulcanized it. And I thought. Actually, this is not a fix that I did myself, and I thought that doesn't bring, it doesn't bring me far, but it brought me about seven thousand
0: kilometers far. Whoa, that's that's, that that's an impressive fix for for yeah. something that sounds like for yeah. finding a tube in a in a in the bin. Um, that's that's completely bad. Yeah.
1: I still have that section.
0: This is going to sound not relevant, but you'll get why I'm explaining it. So when when a, a mother has like a new baby and the she has to like start leaving the baby like alone, not just holding it all the time, the baby might not like it. And it's what's or or maybe the mother doesn't like it as well. It's called separation anxiety. It's like you're scared of, of being apart from the mother and child or sometimes people have it with pets or, or girlfriends or, or boyfriends. Do you find after you've done a really long trip that you feel weird when you're not around the bike anymore all the time when you get back?
1: Um, I had that also uh, during moments in my trip. I had a girlfriend and I flew to her. Uh, I needed to get my bike into China, so I left it then in Mongolia for a while, went into China to to fix uh, the way to get into China. So it was not that I was always next to my bike. And when I got back home, I was still next to my bike. Hmm. But that was the end of the traveling. That was the reason. So, uh, in a way, no. The, uh, the answer on your question is no. Because it, it happens also during my my trip. Mm, okay. And yeah, well, when uh, when you got back then from from uh, from China and uh, you see your bike again, and uh, oh, I have to clean that a little bit, and then you start to pedal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a little bit, yes, but not not in the extent as, as you say.
0: Okay. So you. Are now planning to drive to the North Pole on your bike
1: yeah Arctic one the one that I'm building at the moment
0: yeah. which uh is that, is that you brought that to you well you brought the one you're working on or yes. a prototype of it to to austria when 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 we met
1: yeah that's the one <laughs> it's still growing so uh is it- if Corona wasn't here, it would be rideable at this moment. Not ready, but rideable.
0: Okay. And is Corona holding you up? Or is it long yeah. time to work on the bike?
1: It's holding me up.
0: It's holding you up. Okay, well... Yeah, because I
1: rely a lot about, on other people. And uh, that's why, why it's holding me up. Okay.
0: Why the Arctic?
1: I always want to go to the North Pole.
0: To see Santa?
1: Already before I did the R1 my idea was to go once in a lifetime to the North Pole. And I thought riding the R1 around the world would also give me the publicity to finance, finance finally, the, a trip to the North Pole because that will be very.
0: How long do you expect expect it to take to drive So, tell tell me a little bit about the trip. Where do you start? How long do you expect it will take?
1: Uh, well, uh, I will. I I won't do this in one year or in one go. And the reason is, or financially, it has to do with the finances, and it has to do with uh, with uh, the the difficulty to get it all. In one time uh, range, so I want to do it step by step. And the first step is the most easiest in a way and the most cheap. And the second step is more expensive and the third step is really really expensive. So I hope that the the the, the previous steps will will pay or give the publicity to do to the next step. Uh, We have first that I need to build the bike. I built the bike with the help of people on my North Pole Ride support flag. And people that love what I do who help me building it physically or uh, let me use the material, things like that. Uh, So we're building the bike, then we need to test the bike. Test will be uh, partly here in the Netherlands. Then we will do some bigger tests. Uh, the, the 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 goal was to go up a mountain and also get some nice video shots, so we have a lot of publicity. Then it's the first step, which is actually the first real test for winter. Uh, so I call it the first stage, but the actually... It is actually still more than a test then i want to go to uh, ship my bike or fly my bike to uh, anchorage in alaska and then ride to Tuk in canada you can see this on my website and get the pictures from the route and then uh so once i'm on the polar ice it starts to get far more difficult. So from from Alaska to the polar ice won't be that hard. But from Alaska, from the polar ice, uh, where I get on the polar ice, uh, I want to go parallel on the islands of uh, uh, Alaska, of of, uh, Canada, and right to the most northern island that you can reach, and that is uh, Wakan Island. So I will... Right either parallel on the islands or a little bit more in, in, in over the ice, it depends where the best riding is because there's open water is is something that you have to be aware of <clears throat> and then the next step that will be the most dangerous and the most expensive one will be from Waterland Island to the North Pole because there's nothing in between. You need to have fuel dumps, they have fuel uh, fuel uh, stops. So they have to fly fuel. And, and uh, so for that, why I will need a lot of money. So that's why the first step first. The first uh, part I can do virtually on my own. The second part I want to do with uh, the locals that I will hire, like I did also the 2013 polar uh, ice ride. I hire the locals, and uh, so well, I want to hire a local to uh, not help me with the bike and not help me uh, riding because I want to do any, everything on my own but they allow, they can film me and they can take my fuel because fuel is a problem and then the, that was, so that's the second stage and the third stage it can either be with uh, with uh, skido somebody with skidos that I hire, or with uh, a catalog vehicle that also can swim, or dog sled. Uh, I don't know how to do it yet. Step by step. That's the plan.
0: So when do you hope to do the first stage of the trip?
1: The plan was to do the part from. Anchorage to Tutu Yaku in, in the coming winter. Okay. So, like January, from January on. And, uh, I'm not sure if it's still realistic to think that it's
0: possible. So then it will be next year?
1: It will be a year later, yeah. Okay. So, and it's, it's also the possibility that, uh, I won't make it uh, the year after that. I won't make it from uh, from uh, to to uh, Waterland Island. And okay, if I won't make it in one year, I the, I, the next year I start there, I stop them and continue on But I'll get there.
0: I am. Um, I, I believe that you will i've read your book and 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 heard your talk on your trips around the world and i'm sure that you will get there um now you i know you have your flag to sell sponsorships would you like to just say a little bit about that before we finish up here um
1: well if people want to support me they can do that on several ways Uh, Somebody with a lot of money is always, uh, (laughs) always very, very welcome. But also people that just love the ideas and have only 10 euros to spend, already they can have the name on the North Pole Ride Support Flag. That flag goes with me to events. That flag goes with me when we do test rides. That flag will go with me when I go to Anchorage and when I go to the North Pole. So that way people can ride symbolically with me to the North Pole and be part of this adventure. If people want to be on another way, part of this adventure, also that is possible. I will need help in logistics. I will need help in electronics, in telephone or in whatever. If you think, oh, this is something sharks need, will need, I can help him in that, or I can supply him with it, or I know how he can uh, get it for free, of course. And then I'm also very happy to hear that because I can even I can use a lot of people that uh, can become part in their own way of this trip. I will do the writing, but. If somebody's interested and "says say, hey, I love this idea, Uh, you can become father.
0: Okay, well, I think that's a a nice place to leave it. Um, So thank you. Thank you very much for your, your time, Shag. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget you can subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And if you really want, you can leave us a review. That's how we grow and that's how you can let other people know how fantastic this podcast was. Until next time, thanks and goodbye.